This morning's reading starts at a slightly strange place in the middle of a paragraph. It's Luke chapter 1, verse 36. And this is in the middle of uh, Gabriel's announcement to Mary that she's going to bear the baby Jesus. So from verse 36. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. And to verse 56, Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. This is the word of the Lord. The angel appeared to Mary and she was on the way to being obedient to God's will. She was on the way that would affect us all. The way is very important. We sang, make way. It reminds me of uh, the narrow way. We are asked often in our lives to walk the narrow way. And it's not so much narrow, but it's the correct way. The way that God wants us to go in. In 1966, a famous thing happened. uh, And you'll be hoping that uh, they'll go another step towards repeating it tonight. But shortly after England won the World Cup, I was in HMS Victorious going through the Suez Canal. I don't know if you've gone through the Suez Canal at all, but it's very narrow at points, and our ship needed to take on a pilot. And I can remember being on the boat deck looking down, and the space between the ship and the side of the canal was about that much. Honestly, it was scary. It must have been the same the other side. Well, I assumed it was. And uh, it was very important that we should stay in that lane, stay straight, go in the way that we've been directed. Uh, when we went to Portside, uh, a local pilot came because he had been doing it for a long time going through the canal. He knew the way. So the captain of the ship, who didn't really listen to anyone else, needed to listen to the pilot, and it's the same with us. We need to listen to our pilot, and Mary listened. It's so important 
that we put that as a priority in our lives. In the Psalms it says, because I love your commands more than gold, more than pure gold, and do we? <laughs> do we love God's commands more than gold, pure gold? And because I consider all your precepts right, I hate every wrong path. Experience teaches us that if we go off the path that God wants us to go on, we go off into trouble. Remember Jonah? He was directed to go to Nineveh and instead rushed off, headed towards Tarshish. He was destined not to get there because leaving the path that God wanted him to go on, he got into trouble, a real storm. A real storm. And he survived that storm. In another psalm it says, he calmed the storm to a whisper and stilled the waves. What a blessing was that stillness as he brought them safely into harbor. Jonah was brought safely to the place where he had been directed to go. It wasn't a nice place. That's why he didn't want to go there, Nineveh. It was a horrible place. But God wanted that place to change. And Jonah was part of that change. And when we go God's way, we can change things dramatically. God is our pilot, our guide, our way. And he was Mary's guide. Mary, despite her young age, sharing with the rest of humanity that we are made in God's image, had immense spiritual capacity, though she was illiterate. She understood deep theological realities, as her Magnificat would soon attest. Mary was a mere teenager. I think it's important that children be taken seriously by us. I guess Mary wouldn't have been taken too seriously by the people around her. Teenagers must be intelligently challenged. The church, we need to invest deeply in the spiritual nurture and discipline of our young people. Mary was to have a baby. Having a baby is a tremendous experience. A new life given into your care is very special. And over the years, young mothers and fathers have approached the church to help them cope with this new season in their lives. Shockingly, many of them have met with an uncaring attitude. Instead of being shown love and care by the family of God, they have been rebuffed by the church. It's a great privilege for us as a church to be asked to participate in that excitement in these young people's lives of a new life within them. And we need to grasp that opportunity to encourage and nurture what quite often is a step towards belief and trusting in God. And that's true in my experience. The more we show love to people, the more they respond. The more God shines his love through us, the more people respond 
to God himself. What a surge of joy swept through Mary as she heard the shocking good news about the miracle in Elizabeth's womb. She was eager to go and see her. She lived four days hard travel away at about 80 to 100 miles. And when they met, there was a strong human joy as they met. One in the flower of youth, the other quite a bit older. These two were to become innocent participants, soul sisters, if you like, in the divine plot to save the lost. God was at work. God's spirit was moving and active in this first advent. We're told that the spirit was with John, not yet born, and he leapt in his mother's womb at the the knowledge that the one he was to proclaim was so close. The Holy Spirit was with him, and he was able to discern that the special one of God that he was to proclaim was near. The Spirit was similarly present with Elizabeth, and she was able to recognize that the Messiah himself was to be born of Mary, as she said, the mother of my Lord. Mary was to be greatly blessed by God. Most of you probably know that I was brought up as a Roman Catholic, so I've said the Hail Mary many times in my life, and I know it still off by heart. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. I'm okay up to that point. And when I said it was, when I was a wee bit younger, I was okay maybe with the second bit that said, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our deaths. What a wonderful realization for me that God wants a direct relationship with us. We don't need any intermediaries. We can talk to God himself. We can pray to God. We can, we can hear what he's saying to us. The words of Elizabeth were prophetic words spoken through the Spirit. And how Mary must have taken heart at these words. Think about the situation she was in. She was bewildered by the immensity of the message from Grave. Gabriel, and she was frightened by the probable reaction of those around her, and she was probably very keen to get away, to stay with Elizabeth, rather than face the reality of what was to happen. And she found Elizabeth full of encouragement and understanding. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Elizabeth recognized that that belief, not just the belief, but the responding to the belief was so important. Ponder for a moment Mary's faith. To grasp it, we must understand that faith is more than intellectual belief. Faith is belief plus trust. Understanding this, we can discern a pattern in Mary's celebrated faith. 
First, she intellectually believed what Gabriel said. She believed that the virgin birth was possible and would happen. Nothing is impossible with God. Mary did not doubt. Secondly, she trusted. She trusted her whole life to God's promise. Thirdly, this trust produced a passivity, an important thing, a negation of activity in which she submitted herself to God. May it be to me as you have said. That came from her to say that she was going to do what she was asked to do, not what she thought she should do. And forth out of that passivity sprang energized activity as she immediately obeyed God's word. And she hurried to a town in the hill country of Judah. Saving faith is belief plus trust that issues in proper passivity leading to total dependence on Christ and then flaming into activity and producing a life of service. When Sarah, Abraham's wife, heard she was to have a baby, she laughed and she called her son, one who laughed, Isaac. Zechariah doubted. More about that in a couple of weeks' time. Mary believed. And Mary and Elizabeth together rejoiced. Belief is so important. It really is important. We need to believe. When we believe, we open ourselves to God's power in our lives to make us his children. Do you believe without qualification or reservation that Jesus is God? Do you likewise believe that he died on the cross for your sins and paid for them with his blood? Do you believe he was physically resurrected and has ascended to the right hand of God? Do you believe that you are a sinner and that your only hope is in Jesus? If you believe, have you trusted him alone? Have you rested everything on him for your salvation? Saving faith is belief plus trust. Are you depending in your life on the finished work of Jesus? True faith issues in profound passivity, a calm reliance. You stop seeking God's approval or response through your works. As Paul said, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. And faith is active. Faith works. It results in things happening, a life of service, and discipleship. Elizabeth believed. She had been prepared by her priestly husband, Zechariah's dramatic experience with Gabriel and her own divinely wrought pregnancy. 
had her belief in what had happened when the Spirit of God came upon Mary was a double blessing for Mary. Her acknowledgement that Mary was carrying the Lord, her blessing regarding Mary's faith, what tender balm that was to Mary's soul. The bewildered teenager, the scared teenager, was met by love and understanding. God had given young Mary a godly woman as her closest friend and confidant during this very important time in her life. Think of the mutual encouragement and fellowship that was theirs. Encouragement flowed between them. God directed Mary to a community of faith in the humble home of Elizabeth and Zechariah, where she was linked with people of mutual belief, mutual experiences, and mutual hope. Mary's visit to Elizabeth and Zechariah instructs us in the necessity of a community of faith, a community of the church. If we are to see Christ grow in our lives, we need each other. A couple of weeks ago, I preached on uh, a renewal of vows after 40 years of marriage. And it made me reflect on the many hundreds of weddings that I've done. And I prayed at each of those weddings that the Holy Spirit of God, we do a blessing in a wedding. And I talk about the blessing through God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I says, Holy Spirit is God's special way of being in your lives, holding you together as you go on. And I compared that with uh, a rope. In Chatham Dockyard, they have a ropery. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's a big, long building because the ropes were, had to be big and long. They built HMS Victory in Chatham Dockyard, and they provided 31 miles of ropes for that one ship. You know how ropes are twined together. As we are joined together in marriage, we are joined together as two. So you think of two strands of rope. But what I prayed in my blessing, that it would be a third strand that would hold them together, that would be part of that being together, God with them. And it's not just married couples that need that. We need that. Um, I got them to sing in the church, bind us together, because we need to be, as a community of faith, be bound together like a strong rope. A strong rope that needs to be ready for any sort of storm that might happen, that will hold. Um, I once descended from a helicopter and I was scared stiff for months because I knew I was going to have to do it. And I looked out the open door and I was scared stiff. But I summoned up the courage to step out. And then I felt something holding me up. It was the, the, the strands of wire, like a rope, that was holding me. 
and it was holding me as I went down. I felt wonderful after. It was like having something real to trust in. And that's what we should do when we trust in God. We should intertwine him in our lives. He should be there as our strength. He should be there through all the storms. I guess that HMS Victory went through many storms, but it was held together. We too can be held. Um, I don't know if you've done the Alpha course, but um, there's a story in the Alpha course about this chap who was saying to his uh, friend, uh, I don't need to go to church to know God. So the chap didn't say a word. He, he got his tongs out. There was a coal fire beside them. He lifted one of the glowing coals out and put it on the side. And fairly immediately, the glow of that uh, removed coal dissipated. And soon it was not glowing. Soon it, soon it had lost its glow. And then without any words, the guy picked up that coal again and put it back on the fire. There's a message there. I hope you've understood it. <laughs> I'm sure you have. Like Mary, we must make a priority of being with those who share the mutual experience of miraculous new life within. That's what holds us together, that experience of new life, God within us. The resonance of soul that comes from such mutual experience empowers us as believers. As part of that, there's your pause that you were thinking of. <laughs> Before the service, we were praying. <laughs> we prayed that any pauses would be a pause for the Spirit to work. A couple of weeks ago, I, I preached on an no, it was the same subject, the same day that I, that I uh, preached to the young couple who had been married for 40 years. Jesus said, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this everyone will know that you are my, dis my disciples if you love one another. Mary went to Elizabeth. I guess it was to help out because she had heard that uh, Elizabeth was expecting a child. She was six months pregnant and she stayed for three months. So I guess she stayed to help Elizabeth in her uh, bringing that child into the world. And it was um, an act of love it's an act of love. And as she stepped forward on that difficult journey, I guess in those days it was quite a difficult journey, 100 miles in hilly country. But she went nonetheless. And that act of love was 
uh, answered with love. She was shown love where she went. And as she went forward, uh, she would need that love to hold to that way that she was walking on. It was God's way, but it was a difficult way. It was a, the most difficult part was seeing Jesus die on the cross. But it was something that she understood was needed. And she understood that it was needed and that her son was doing it. And she was doing, he was doing it to show his love for the whole world. Great is the darkness in our world. Great is the light of Christ, which dispels the darkness of our world. When I prepared that, we were going to sing that, but we've already sung it. So. Amen.